So hello everyone, welcome to the Late Night with Global MCVP. I'm Swetha, MCVP OGV from ISA in Hong Kong 1920. So today we are very honored to have MCVP IGV from Vietnam to be thank here. Thank you. <laughs> to be here. So do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you Swetha for inviting me for this podcast. <laughs> and hi guys, my name is Gihed. Uh, you can call me Gugu. I'm from Egypt, uh, but I'm currently MCVP IGV in ISIC in Vietnam. And yeah, what else do you want to know? <laughs> Gugu, do, do you just want to introduce um, how your Isaac journey be like? How did you enter Isaac and until now? Okay, so uh, I started, uh, like I joined Isaac first on um, in 2014. I know this is a long time ago. I'm very old Isaac. <laughs> uh, yeah, I joined uh, as a member on my first year, but I wasn't really an active member until I went on my exchange to Bulgaria uh, on the same year in the summer. And then I came back and decided, okay, I want to work. Like, I want to see what the people do in Isaac. Because in the beginning, like, I didn't have a team leader. She resigned and that was it. I didn't really engage much. So on um, my second year in Isaac, I started applying for a lot of dual roles, uh, OC, other OC experiences. I started understanding more how uh, the organization is running. and then. Uh, after one year, another one year as a member, like in total two years as a member, I applied as a team leader and I was responsible for the interns experience. So I used to prepare for their logistics, their accommodation, their pickups. And it was a very, very like hard and hectic. And uh, because I come from Isaac and Cairo University in Egypt and uh, usually in the summer, we would have around 300 realizations. So it's too much to take care of. And after that, I applied for LCDP IGV. And um, this was one of the most challenging roles that I ever had because uh, my goal this year was to have uh, 1,000 realizations along with my team, like the total realizations of the LC, we aimed for 1,000 realizations. And uh, that was uh, like, no LC has ever achieved this before. So it was very hard for us to achieve the goal as well. Uh, but yeah, we managed to achieve almost 1,000, but not <laughs> 1,000. <laughs> We had like uh, 970 something and it was also difficult for me because I never worked in operations like I was responsible for the interns experience, but I never used Expa. I never matched before. So being the LCVP and not knowing uh, IR or matching or raising and these kind of things was very difficult in the beginning, but uh, we managed to have around 450 realizations in IGV this year as well, which was uh, the first rank globally. And also the whole LC was ranking uh, the highest realizations globally. So it was a huge achievement for me and also very fulfilling as well. And then uh, I applied for MC. I really, really wanted to be MCVP IGV back in Egypt, but unfortunately I was not selected for this role. 
uh, I was selected for business development instead, or some people call it partnership development, which is uh, the function that is responsible for raising money, bringing funds, and bringing uh, partners. Uh, but to be very honest, I would say I'm very lucky that I was selected for this role as well, because I really did learn a lot. Um, it gave me a lot of external exposure that sometimes we do lack in ISIC when we're working in uh, the operations. And um, I learned a lot about uh, like the context of the country, how we can approach the partners, how is ISIC relevant. So it was also very fulfilling in that sense. And of course, uh, the skills that I learned in the process. And after that, I wanted to apply for MC abroad. Uh, I, I, I've always know, knew that I want to do this, uh, but of course I didn't know where I want to apply. So that was the hard part because, you know, we're in Isaac, right? <laughs> so you have a lot of options. There are so many countries that you want, like you could apply for. So I can tell you how I chose Vietnam. I don't know if you want to know, but. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, um yeah so i i i was looking for um an entity that uh, has a different culture from where i come from and also that uh, they run a lot of exchange so that the scale of operations is not too different from where i come from and it's still also challenging as well so i think vietnam crossed uh, the boxes when it comes to that of course the culture is so different than egypt and I thought it would it will only be uh, worthy to spend one year abroad if it's very different uh, from what I know. And yeah, I applied for ISIC in Vietnam, and luckily this time I got selected for the function that I want, IGV. And it has been a roller coaster, but definitely worth it. Yeah. Cool. And you have been for ISIC for how many years now? So it's six years, right? Yeah, oh my god, when you say it like that, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I, I'm like one year less than you. I joined an ISA in 15, 16, so yeah. So how, yeah. how did you make it through so many years? Like, what is the re relevance between your personal aspiration and Isaac? Um, honestly, every time um, I, um, I'm applying for another role in Isaac, uh, my purpose is that I really I really want to learn and I really want to grow so for example every time I finish an experience and then I feel I learned a lot but there's a lot more that I want to learn you know like the more you know the less like the more you learn the less you know you know how this dilemma <laughs> is yeah so, yeah th that has been the case for me like every time it is fascinating, like, oh my God, how can I, like, I don't even know that, that I'm capable of doing that. I don't even know that I can manage uh, this amount of EPs and at the same time, or do this number of projects or this number of realizations. So it's too overwhelming for me that, wow, I couldn't imagine that I can do that. And I've learned a lot. And then I start thinking, okay, if I learned all of this, only in a team leader role. Imagine if I'm a VP and then I go for a VP and then I think the same, wow, if I learned this much in a VP, imagine as an MC. And then, you know, I just, I keep 
trying to learn more in each role because I know that I still have uh, a lot of things that I don't know, a lot of development uh, to still have. So it keeps pushing me to apply for more experiences. And honestly, uh, like maybe someone would ask me, why are you leaving now? So I think um, my last experience here in ISIC in Vietnam has really been fulfilling. I think I have learned um, everything uh, that I could learn in ISIC. It has, it has offered me a lot of development, but now I think I'm also ready to start a new experience, uh, like have a job and yeah, start my career. Cool. So what makes you decided to go for IGV, like from BD and then IGV from handling internships? So it should be I, IGET, right? So how, what makes you decide to go for this function? Um, so actually the reason why I stayed for, uh, in Isaac for so long, I think also I would, uh, it's thanks to my first exchange. Like when I, when I said I did my first exchange in 2014, I think that sparked the first thing that, uh, I really want to, uh, have contribution and, um, like have an impact. And also, when I was uh, responsible for the intern's experience, every time they like, sometimes I had to go for a GV project to support them with translation or just small support uh, at the project. And seeing the projects, I really could not grasp the idea that we are young people, 19 or 20 years old. And we can bring so much change in our community. Like I, I really, after every time I just go for a project for support, I wasn't even an, like an IGV member. Uh, I used to come back home, reflect a lot, you know, overwhelmed with what these interns are doing, how we and Isaac are contributing to this. It was really fascinating for me. And then, um, uh, when the EPs are leaving and then they're saying, thank you so much. Uh, you guys have changed our lives. So then I also see how the contribution, it's not that we're only helping our community, it's also the people who are coming here to help us. They change a lot and they grow a lot. So I, I think that's what made me passionate about IGV, especially that uh, we bring direct uh, impact like you do you get to see the change that you're bringing in front of your eyes so for people who need direct motivation or need to see the impact of what they're doing right away so i think that's the perfect place to be uh you get to see the interns growing you get to see our beneficiaries as well uh the projects being fulfilled and we're very easy to see how we're contributing to the sdgs um so yeah that's why i chose igv oh so you mentioned you went to exchange but back then it should it shouldn't be named as global volunteer right are you going for yeah or you're going for what's the name back then it's it was a gcdp a global yeah. community development program <laughs> i think i think people in hong kong might not heard of this name but i, I heard of it but because i'm from that generation yeah it's very old and it was like we're talking in jargons you know like igv is very simple but mm -hmm. all my friends who are not icicles when i used mm -hmm. to tell them 
uh, OGCDP, IGIP, IGCDP. They're, they're like, what the fuck are you doing in that organization? <laughs> <laughs> it was so complicated. Yeah. Yes, back then those names are very long and um, complicated, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and um, even even the yes. platform was different. Do you remember? It was my ISIC did not when I went on my exchange. So it was not Expa, and that's why I never complain about Expa because, of course, <laughs> we have come a long way. <laughs> I think, yeah. I, I think I, I was witnessing like how Expa changing, like from version one, version two, version three. Yeah, it has mm-hmm. been like the in the first uh, platform I used to to get matched. Uh, we used to send um, the email. Not just mm-hmm. through Expo, like I need to ask them to do an interview for me, introduce myself. So the whole process was outside of uh, the platform, only the approval on the platform. So, yeah, we have. Yeah, that, grown like a lot. It was not that useful for Expo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it shouldn't be um, complained that much because it has been a huge improvement for the years. Yeah, that's why really like I, I like expert is fine. Sometimes it crashes, sometimes it's slow and everything, but at least you can work with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So later we can get back to your exchange journey and how do you say thing about exchange. Just um, let us talk more about um, how does it be like to be an MC abroad? Um, okay. So first of all it dep- like for me i think one major factor uh, that is affecting my experiences mc abroad is uh, the difference in culture so i think maybe for example if i had my mc abroad experience in the middle east of course it would have been very very different but uh, being here in vietnam wow <laughs> i can't even start on that uh f- because most of my team they're vietnamese they're locals uh, i also have uh, another three people internationals but the majority are vietnamese uh so it is very eye opening and uh very challenging as well to see how the work culture is different uh the working environment the communication style there is a lot of differences that I need to adapt to. So I think uh, it helped me become more open-minded, more accepting, more uh, adapting for the situation. Because really, like for example, in Egypt, uh, I do confess that we are a little bit unorganized, uh, chaotic, but we're also more chilled, we're very competitive, uh, at the same time, so we can bring a lot of results without needing to be too organized or too structured because people are very passionate and dedicated, so they work and bring results anyway. And for example, when I'm saying not organized, like I don't need to set a meeting to talk to someone, I just need to call them, you know. In that sense, like you just approach people and that's it. But I got introduced to Google Calendar here. It's random, right? Yeah, very random. <laughs> <laughs> I never had to use Google Calendar, you know, to book meetings or even the amount of 
one-to-ones I need to have with my LCVPs, my commission, and the number of commission calls. We never do that in Egypt. Like, it's just very, very different. And in the beginning, to be honest, I was a little bit skeptical. Like, I wasn't, uh, it wasn't very easy for me to accept things as they are, you know? Like, you just see things are different, and you want to change them to be how you're used to. Like, why are you guys doing this? In Egypt, we do that. And to be honest, also, that was very naive for me because Isaac and Vietnam has been growing for the past 10 years. And of course, they're growing for a reason. So it's just a random girl coming from Egypt cannot come and change things <laughs> and expect it to work or the entity to grow by a different way. Like the context plays a huge role. Uh, uh, in each entity, and things are happening this way for a reason. Of course, we can always improve and develop. I'm just saying that uh, the understanding of the context differs a lot. So I think that was that is my big learning. Like I improved a lot my communication, my adaptability. Uh, I have also been Vietnamese in that sense. Like I became so much more organized and structured and. Uh, every meeting, I need to prepare a PPT and slides to present. Also, like that's not how I used to uh, do it, but uh, I think I have developed a lot in that sense as well. Um, yeah, cool. what else do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good enough. I think in, in general, Asia is being more organized and things are more structured. So yeah. that's why... I'm, it's a big difference from where you come from. Yeah, and the problem is that sometimes it's frustrating if the person is not really familiar with this culture. Because for me, it's like, do we really need to have uh, this routine meeting every week? And you know, you keep um, being doubtful about the process. Like, do we really need to do this? Do we really need to do that? Because I. Like, I used to think that's time consuming. Why are we having so many meetings instead of having enough hours to work, you know? Like, you start um, doubting the how things are working. But when I finally started accepting and understanding why and seeing the context behind, um, of course, uh, it made a difference for me to, like, work with what I have. <laughs> So what makes you really try to accept it? Whenever you are being skeptical, like what triggers you to, okay, I will just take it. Uh, I'm a person who asks a lot of questions and I'm also very communicative. So I, I don't just keep my frustration inside. I share with the people, like with my teammates. I ask them, okay, why do we do this? Why do we do that? What happens if I do this? And every question that you asked, you think you're a genius, but of course, other people asked the same questions and other people tried. So when I know the stories, okay, because we tried to do this last year, but it didn't work and this was the consequences, you know? So you understand, you hear the stories and know the context behind and then you, you, you see the logic and you start accepting uh, things because, okay, you know how it was before and what are the developments that happened to reach where we are today, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, so other like, than culture, uh, yeah. Like, I, I mean, everything um, Everything for me was different, uh, not only in the MC routine, but for example, 
our conference cycle. So when we started having our planning, a lot of discussions, why is it like this? Why not like that? You know? So in each, each conversation I had during my planning, when I first came here, it opened my eyes to a lot of different things and it made me understand more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what, what is the, um, uh, other than culture, what is the main difference that you being an MC in your home entity and being an MC abroad? So other than culture or like how the entity works? For example, one major difference for me is, um, to be honest, being at my comfort zone, like being MC in Egypt, of course, as I said, I learned a lot, of course, but it's still so much inside my comfort zone that um, I'm still around my friends, my family, even my MC teammates. A lot of them were already that I are, are people that I already knew. Uh, but here it's very different because you start off, you only have your MC team around. These are the only people that I know in this country. And my social life is also revolving around my MC team as well. Um, and I, I don't know how is it in Hong Kong, but in Egypt, we live with our families for our whole lives until unless like you get married. So I was never responsible for so many things like now I have to do my shopping, my grocery, cook, wash, you know, I have, I'm being more independent in that sense. Like in Egypt, I wasn't uh, that independent. So yeah, uh, being uh, MC abroad also taught me uh, the surviving skills. Like I have to cook now. <laughs> 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 yeah. Mm. So I think uh, this is one of the daily life struggles. Of course, also a lot of times you're being homesick. Like, what did? Why did I do this? What am I doing here? <laughs> um, but at the same time, I think it's a very good chance for you to explore yourself uh, in a different uh, in a different scope, like. You know, when you go to a country, no one knows you, no one expects anything from you. And then you get to really become self-aware because you get to witness yourself from different eyes and uh, understand how you behave in different situations. So I think it's the best way for you to understand yourself more. Mm. I think being MZ abroad is really like a challenging experience. and. You definitely learn a lot from what I heard. It, yeah. it attracts me like, oh, that's a, such a good um, challenge for myself if I really do so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs>